0: Welcome to Inside New Mexico. I'm Derek Underhill, and I'm talking to the chairman of our Republican Party, former congressman of the 2nd Congressional District of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. Steve, how are you doing this week?
1: Doing great. Uh, Things are just very hectic. Uh, Of course, you know, this week is when the Republican Party is choosing our nominee for that special election, CD1. This is a very special time for us on Saturday The State Central Committee of CD1, the Congressional District number 1, is going to meet, hear the candidates, and vote. We will have our candidate by the end of the weekend. The entire nation is watching this particular election. They believe that this election here in New Mexico could be either a statement of support for Biden's policies or a severe repudiation of his policies. And so let the games begin. We're ready to get into this.
0: And that will be Saturday, March 27th, if that happens. I noticed we have about nine different people that nine, have chosen. Nine
1: candidates. One is saying that uh, she actually wishes she could withdraw. So she may <laughs> not participate in either the election. But in the meantime, at least eight candidates. We're going to have a very full field. And I think that the state central committee is ready to do their job. There are some people complaining that, well, it should be an open election and uh, everyone get to vote. Well, it maybe should be, but it's not the state law. So we have to follow the law and we have to follow the rules that are on the book. And so we're doing it the way that is prescribed.
0: Now, I wanted to ask you about this. This occurred to me, you know, how sometimes I sit around and think about things. And so we were told the election in 2020 was the most secure, most honest election we've ever had. And of course, President Trump disagrees with that. And a lot of Republicans disagree. And I noticed a lot of states now are passing laws in their state legislature to do what they did in the 2020 election. So that kind of tells me if they're having to change their laws to do it again in the next election, a lot of things that happened in the November 2020 election were not legal. Why would they have to change the rules if they were legal in the first place? Well, the
1: same thing is happening here in New Mexico, and you're assessing it exactly correctly that there were many violations of the law. And in fact, I think it was a Michigan court came back and said that the Secretary of State in Michigan had violated the law in the way that she was processing the election. Of course, that worked against Trump in the election and this overturning. People said, well, now then is there a hope that uh, we can go back and change the outcome of the elections? That's not going to happen. But I tell you, long term changes started happening when the games of either side are uncovered and so we'll see where this goes. Here in New Mexico, they were trying to finalize that bill. Remember in the special session of last year, they put in Senate bill number four and it temporarily changed many things. They could not get the bill through where they were trying to make that and more things permanent. In New Mexico, they're trying to make it illegal to ask for the inspection of public records, the IPRAs. They're trying to make those illegal for elections so you don't have any chance at all to find out anything about the election. And so they're just trying to get less transparency, more hiding behind closed doors, in the elections for New Mexico. We feel like there is already the potential for fraud here. We're going to continue digging into this issue as we move forward over the next two years. Our elections have to be free and they have to be fair. They have to be without taint because the confidence of the republic is determined a lot by the election process and if people feel like their voices are being heard at the ballot box. So we're going to continue to push on those issues, but you're exactly right. Now states are trying to go in and clean up the messes that they exposed to the public last year. So they can now say it's legal for us to cheat in this fashion.
0: Hmm. And I see where Georgia, same thing. All of a sudden a recording was released of the conversation that President Trump supposedly had there with the Secretary of State where he asked him for more votes. That never happened. The newspaper that printed it had to retract it after the election.
1: I was able to get the transcript of that through legal channels during the whole discussion of that call. And nowhere did Trump ever extort him. Nowhere did he ever pressure him. He was simply saying the same thing that many of us were saying. Look, there were dozens of ways that maybe the system was being used incorrectly. Just reverse one of those. You don't have to follow the law in every circumstance. Just follow the law in this circumstance or that one. I think that the margin was like 21,000 votes. And that was his point. You don't have to go and change everything but if you will follow the law in any single element of that election then that's going to turn it around and that was his pitch that's a pitch that should be made follow the law follow the law and so now then the new york times has had to admit that they created a false story and that is probably more than anything else What cost us the two Senate seats in Georgia? I followed those two seats very carefully, very closely. We're helping raise money for that. We're talking each week into an update. And about 2% of Republicans felt like that call was really bad. And the polls showed it. Well, that's exactly the margin that we lost. The widest margin, Luffler, she lost by about two points. And that's the number of people who would not vote for Trump based on that. And then the other race with Purdue was even closer. So again, that one statement by the New York Times, that one narrative that was pitched by them probably changed the outcome of the U.S. Senate. If either one of those Republicans had been elected, all of the madness that's going on in the Senate, the bills that are passing, the things that are taking away our rights, then those would not be passing right now because Republicans would be in charge with either one of those seats. So that's the amount of damage that was done by this one lie.
0: In our third segment, we're going to have an interview you did with Breitbart. In the interview, you talk about the disaster that's going on on the southern border, which was the congressional district you served in Congress. And it's getting worse by the day down there. The press isn't allowed to go down and even see it. And yet this was all fixed under the Trump administration. And the Biden administration is now saying what Trump did is inhumane. And he has fixed it. Doesn't look humane to me. What do you think?
2: Representative
1: Cuellar, he's, again, a good friend of mine, served in Congress with him. He was one of the Democrats who would vote with Republicans on energy issues and different things. He released photos inside those detainment cages and saw that in the one facility, they've got twice as many per square foot as they're supposed to have. There's no social distancing. There's no worry about covid there's no worry when they release or force these people out of detention into local communities to spread across the country. There's absolutely no health precautions, no concerns about COVID. And so it's completely out of control. And those photos that were released inside those facilities by Representative Quayar have really caused a great turmoil. It exposes the hypocrisy of the left who completely was declaring that, that Trump had kids in cages. Trump was only doing what Obama had said in motion. But then the probably the most surprising uh, element was that uh, Shega Jackson Lee, again, I served with her, uh, traveled with her on congressional delegations. At one point, uh, brought uh, she and other members of the Homeland Security Committee to the border in New Mexico to show them that all we had for border security was a barbed wire fence in certain areas, and it was even laying on the ground. It wasn't even hanging on the posts. So I know that she's seen the border. And she came out this week saying that Biden's things, they don't seem to be working. That's pretty harsh criticism from somebody who's always been on the left and, and the very extreme left. And so it looks like Biden's whole narrative is beginning to come unspooled, and the press is now starting to ask significant questions. How come we can't get in and see? They're being eliminated. They put him in office, but they're being eliminated from oversight, and they're starting to get very nervous about it because the American people— are reacting in, number one, fear, because the fear of COVID coming across the border, the anger at the trafficking that's coming across the border, the sexual abuse of kids and minors in the hands of coyotes or cartel members, it's an absolute disaster. But our third segment goes more deeply into that. But again, Democrats beginning to break with Biden on this issue of the border.
0: Steve Pierce and I will be back with more in just a moment on Inside New Mexico.
3: On behalf of the New Mexico Department of Health, take COVID-19 precautions. Wash your hands frequently for 20 seconds. Don't touch your face. Use a tissue or your elbow to catch your sneeze or cough. Avoid large gatherings and close contact with sick people, especially if you are elderly or high risk. If you have a cough, fever, or shortness of breath, stay home from work or school. Do not go to the ER or doctor's office without first calling the coronavirus hotline. And avoid all unnecessary out-of-state travel. Help prevent the spread of COVID-19.
0: Welcome back to Inside New Mexico, as I chat with our chairman of the Republican Party, Steve Pierce. And Steve, COVID-19 continues on. Dr. Fauci is making statements. And Rand Paul had an interesting bout with Dr. Fauci. And, of course, for people that don't know, the senator from Kentucky is a doctor. Tell us about this back and forth.
1: Well, his position, but I also him pretty well. He was one of the baseball players from the Senate. Uh, not many of the senators would come out and play, but he did. And we both played in the outfield. So we got to stand out there and chat a lot. And then I uh, bumped into him quite a bit uh, since I've uh, been out of Congress. And he's always very thoughtful. And I like his way of questioning. Many times the people who give answers are able to kind of twist their way here and there. And Rand Paul, Senator Paul does not let them do that. And so listen to this exchange, which I think is fascinating and a great exchange. Listen as Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky takes on Fauci and his continuing mask mandate. You're defying everything we know about immunity by telling people to wear masks to have been vaccinated. Instead, you should be saying there is no science to say we're going to have a problem from the large number of people being vaccinated. You wanna get rid of vaccine hesitancy? Tell them they can quit wearing their mask after they get the vaccine. You want people to get the vaccine? Give them a reward instead of telling them that the nanny state's gonna be there for three more years and you gotta wear a mask forever. People don't wanna hear it, there's no science behind it. Well, let me just state for the record that masks are not theater masks are protective and we, we have ask immunity people. there theater. If you already have immunity, you're wearing a mask to give comfort to others. You're not wearing a mask because of any sign. I,
4: I totally disagree with you.
0: There is a congresswoman from the third congressional district of Colorado who has some interesting views on the Equality Act. Tell us about her.
4: Well,
1: Congresswoman Bobert from Colorado is, first of all, she joined the Freedom Caucus. Not many women wanted to be in the Freedom Caucus because it really is out there on the hard edge, holding management, holding our leadership in the Republican Party accountable for what we campaign on. And so she's a member of that, which tells you a little bit about her, the strength of her character. But she's taking on these huge issues. So she's just breaking the Equality Act apart. It's the one that says that everyone out here is equal and she's saying, no, what it's gonna do is create inequality, but I want you to listen to her clip. But in that clip, she also deals with the fact that Congress, Pelosi, is trying to kick out one of the DULIA members uh, who are elected in Iowa. She was only elected by six votes, but the Secretary of State twice confirmed the margin of victory. It doesn't matter if it's a thousand votes, a million votes, or one vote. Uh, The vote is supposed to stand. But uh, Nancy Pelosi with just a very slim majority in the House of Representatives, like a seven vote majority, it's easy to lose seven votes out of your 219. So she's got a very slim margin and she's trying to figure any way she can to pick up another seat. These are things that are very unsettling about the way the left looks at elections. But listen as Representative Boebert takes shot at the Equality Act, but then also this uh, question on that Iowa election
3: decided I don't want Democrats to call me Congresswoman. I want them to acknowledge that man is a gender-neutral term, and they can call me Congressman Boebert.
4: Colorado Representative Lauren Boberg getting a lot of attention for her strong views on the Equality Act and plenty of pushback as well. Congressmen? or woman Bobert joins us now. Good to have you with us tonight. Thank
3: you so much, Shannon. And you know, it's just too easy to trigger these liberals. Uh, just something as simple as saying that man is a gender neutral term uh, has totally ignited in the United States of America, but I'm starting to enjoy this here in D. C. Because
4: it's just so easy. Yeah, I get the feeling that you are to those who love or do not love your positions. They're definitely getting front row seats to your opinions. And listen, that's what you're here to do.
3: Shannon, we have a great document in the United States of America. It's called the Constitution and the 14th Amendment says that we are all equal under the law and Democrats continuously want to create uh, upper echelons and just different classes of people and elevate people above one another and create division while doing so. If we uh, just go back to the Constitution, it's really simple. We are all equal under the law. And if it's really protecting religious freedoms, then why didn't we include the Hyde Amendment in there? Why are we using tax dollars to fund abortions? Why are we forcing doctors to perform abortions who don't want to? So I mean, that statement is garbage, like most of the stuff that comes from that side of the aisle in the House of Representatives, unfortunately. But if really government stopped for a second and said, Hmm, maybe we aren't smarter than the American people and just kind of pull back on the reins a little bit and let Americans live their lives. Uh, we can get rid of the this divisive behavior and these ridiculous laws that they are trying to pass that replace mom and dad with bureaucrats. The Equality Act is not equal for anyone, Shannon. You've seen it. You've read it. You've debated it. We've discussed this and it puts little girls at risks, allowing confused men to go into women's restrooms. I I mean, I don't want little girls, you know, watching their back, seeing if a a man is trying to catch a peek at them, and they've fundamentally ended girls sports in America. Now, a, a Girls have to be worried about being outplayed by a boy and losing a potential scholarship. Or what about the man who has now crushed two women's
4: skulls in the MMA fighting ring? This Equality Act is anything but equality. Really quickly before we go, I want to ask you about uh, Congresswoman Marionette Miller-Meeks. She's been seated in Iowa. Her challenger, the Democrat who lost, uh, I mean, she was certified by the state, Mm Miller-Meeks was, and she was sworn into the House, uh, has now appealed to the House Administrative Committee to review those votes. It was a six-vote margin. It's a close one. She didn't go to court. She's come to this House committee potentially to unseat a sitting member of Congress who has had a certified election. Quickly, your thoughts on that? I really believe that the Democrats just hate women. This is a war on women. They've
3: ended women's sports with their Equality Act here. They're trying to steal an election from Marionette Miller-Meeks. They have unseated a female representative in the GOP. Uh, This is a full-on attack on women, and mainly conservative women. There were more women elected to the GOP than ever before, and it's because we've been watching Democrats. We've been watching how they message. We've been watching their policy, how they communicate, and so many of us stepped up to Win our elections in 2020 because we are saying the Democrat Party and their women who they have elected do not represent me. They do not represent my country, the country I know and love and will soon send my children out into. Look, Shannon, I am so happy and proud to be the first woman and the first mom to represent Colorado's third district, but that's not why I was elected. Republicans don't play these gender identity politics, but Democrats certainly do, and uh, they can't stand when strong women win their seats and challenge their narrative so they do anything that they can to try to
4: destroy and even remove us by stealing an election from people like marionette miller meeks and just to note her democratic challenger who wants that seat is also a woman it now sits with this committee in the house we will track it uh congressmen bobert thank you for joining us tonight good to Thanks see you so much shannon
0: that interview was from fox news on march the 16th albuquerque
1: journal had an article where A SNM member, that's the Sindicato de Nuevo Mexico gang member in our prison system, they convicted this guy named Jody Rufino Martinez of murder. But the important thing is he's not being convicted in state court. Our prosecutors, while I was still in Congress, prosecutors in New Mexico told me that they go into the federal courts as much as possible because they never get convictions in these state courts. And so sure enough, this is a federal conviction that came up. And the federal government has actually been targeting this group of gang members and has uh, put many of them in jail solved uh, long unsolvable problems and cases but it again shows that the federal courts are willing to take on the hard cases if you want crime to be less into mexico you're going to have to elect judges that will fight the crime and convict criminals of their offenses
0: we'll be back with an interview steve pierce did on breitbart in just a moment on inside new mexico
1: National Guard and Reserve members are true leaders, both in the military and in the workplace. They are highly skilled and get the job done every day. Employer support of the Guard and Reserve, ESGR, can help you recruit top-notch service members to your workforce. Hiring Guard and Reserve members is good for your business and good for your community. Visit esgr.mil employers to learn more.
0: Welcome back to Inside New Mexico. Last Saturday, March 20th, Steve Pierce was invited to speak on Breitbart News Saturday. Here is that interview.
5: Upcoming a week from today, the state central committee of the Republican Party in New Mexico is going to get together. You guys are going to decide who the Republican nominee is going to be for this upcoming first congressional district special election. This is probably the only chance of a special election that we know is coming because of people that went into the Biden administration, et cetera, where Republicans have an opportunity, I think, to flip a seat from Democrat control into Republican control. We saw this during the Trump administration where Democrats targeted these special elections, like the one in Pennsylvania where Connor Lamb won or the one down in Georgia where they didn't win with John Ossoff. Remember him? He's now a senator, but he was the congressional candidate there in the Atlanta suburbs that was a big race very expensive same thing with the Connor Lamb one out in western Pennsylvania now the shoes on the other foot and the Republicans have a shot at flipping a Democrat controlled seat because Deb Holland, the now interior secretary vacated that first district and you guys are going to pick a candidate what are you looking for in a candidate can you tell us about the process how is this going to go what are you guys going to be deciding on
2: Well, we have 135 members of that state central committee in that one congressional district, and it's just that piece of the central committee that will vote. Mm -hmm. We'll be on the Zoom call. We've got nine candidates that put their name in the hat. We will pick one of those candidates, and then that'll be our candidate in the general election, which is going to be on June the 1st. So the special elections always have a very short views. We have got to hit the ground running. We're already talking to the RNC about sending in the help. We're talking about getting our volunteers knocking doors. We had a tremendous turnout effort in 2020. We turned out uh, more Republicans than had ever voted in New Mexico, so we've got to do the same thing. But the overreach of the Biden administration, the chaos, that they've got going on at the border, the damage they're doing to the New Mexico economy to taking away our budget for teacher pay, all of those things are beginning to soak in to the public and they're saying, wait, there is a difference between Democrat, Republican. Look at the Republican states. Christy Noam never shut down South Dakota at all. Their infection rate is the same as ours. The mortality rate is the same. You mean we didn't have to do all this stuff? Our kids didn't have to be out of school? And so people are asking significant questions between Biden and Michelle Lujan Grisham, our governor, that just believe this is a pickup opportunity for the Republicans nationwide. It would set the Democrats' house upside down when we win this race. And so we're all in for it.
5: Right. So this is a D plus seven district, according to the Cook Political Report. So it is a little bit tilted towards the Democrats in terms of voter registration numbers. But given the national trends, things like you mentioned there, the border crisis, the way that the Democrats have mishandled the coronavirus pandemic and the energy issues that we've talked about, all of this stuff over the course of the show, all of that stuff is going to make this really a national referendum on the Biden administration. Can you tell us about some of the things you intend to focus on
2: border crime education and the economy all four of those are central to new mexico right now just your everyday parent feels like their kids have lost a year you cannot lose one year out of 12 and have your kids competing on the national and international stage for jobs scholarships so that's a pretty big deal we have the other issues that are huge this legislative session is wrapping up today for New Mexico, been in for 60 days. The Democrats have done crazy things. The most radical abortion bill in the country. They were looking to raise taxes until the stimulus bill bailed out all of these blue states that didn't have a clue how to fix their budgets. Just the job losses are are huge in New Mexico. And so people are going to be wondering about all those things. We're going to be talking about them all the way through the election.
5: The other big issue that we're seeing is this burgeoning border crisis Biden undid a whole bunch of different things that President Trump had put in place, like the remain in Mexico policy. Biden brought back catch and release, which President Trump got rid of. We've seen Biden rip up deals that President Trump made with Mexico, with the uh, various Northern Triangle countries like Guatemala, Honduras, Belize, etc. So we're seeing this massive influx of people at the border. New Mexico is obviously one of the four border states. What are the effects that are happening there in the state?
2: I just returned from two days uh, traveling in the border counties uh, that border Mexico here in New Mexico. They're, number one, frightened at the influx. Uh, People that I used to represent in Congress, and, and frankly, we had to push the Bush administration to enforce discipline on the border as much as we had to push the Biden administration. And those same people who finally got some security are suddenly being overrun by people coming across illegally across the ranches, killing the cows, disturbing the livestock We are seeing a great fear in our border communities that COVID is just going to run rampant. According to the government reports, 12% of the people crossing the border have COVID. That's a huge number compared to just your regular population. So they're being forced out into these communities here. The communities have no way to deal with them, no way to take care of them. Then you have the unaccompanied children that are being housed somewhere. Always the media and the Democrats were screaming about the cages that the kids were kept in. Well, those were set up during the Obama administration. I was representing this district at that point, was touring those camps, and they set them up. Trump simply continued to use them. Well, now then, they won't let the press or any of us in close enough to see. So you've got to Six hundred kids a day coming across that are unaccompanied, some as young as six years old, toddlers that are being put into the hands of traffickers and the hands of coyotes, just turned loose by their families with people they don't know. It's a catastrophe that is unfolding and the border communities here in this state are just alarmed at what's going on.
5: Right. So Chairman Pierce, I get a lot of questions on this show from our callers who are very engaged all across America, some of them from New Mexico. They all want to know what can they do to help? What what can they do to get involved? What are the action items that They can take.
2: Well, the most important thing is uh, to go on our Facebook page, Republican Party of New Mexico, and say, hey, I'm willing to help. That gives us a contact point. We can let people all over the country make calls to Republicans, make sure they get out to vote. It's going to be a very short time period, so we need all the hands that we can get on deck. If they can't participate that way, then contributions to the party are going to go to fighting this fight in that first congressional district because we believe, like you do, that we. Can win this seat and it would be the repudiation of a lifetime for the Democrat policies of the progressives not only in New Mexico but nationwide and so this is a moment that we can move and one that we feel confident that if we will get our candidate, get him disciplined and own message Get our voters out; that we can win the seat.
0: That was our chairman of the Republican Party, Steve Pierce, on Breitbart News Saturday, last Saturday, March twentieth. If you would like to find out more about the Republican Party of New Mexico, or maybe even get involved and volunteer, check out the web page at www.gopnm.org. The party has a Facebook page and a Twitter account. The handle is at NewMexicoGOP. If you'd like to talk to someone, call Party Headquarters in Albuquerque at 505-298-3662. That's 505-298-3662. For Steve Pierce, I'm Derek Underhill. We'll look forward to meeting with you again next week right here on Inside New Mexico.